welcome to Explain It To Me. This is a neurology podcast in which I, your host, Dr. Billacota, talk about a topic in neurology. It is supposed to be a once a week podcast, so I do apologize for being MIA. Um, the reality is work has been very, very hectic, and due to that, I think I've been ignoring some other parts such as this. Um, I am thinking what I will do is do about three more podcasts on epilepsy to wrap up the year. And then early next year, I think I will explore some other topics, starting with headaches um, and strokes and maybe multiple sclerosis. I haven't fully decided yet, but feel free to send me any, um, any topics that you might want covered and we'll definitely do that. Um, I will probably be shifting this to uh, bi-monthly as well, which is every other week, so I can stay consistent despite what my schedule um, does. So, okay, so today we will be talking about seizure emergencies. So let's talk about seizure emergencies. What are seizure emergencies? Basically, a seizure is considered an emergency when it lasts for a long period of time. Um, Usually, I think any seizure that lasts longer than three to five minutes should be an emergency. And the reason for that being, the longer a seizure goes on, the more difficult it is to stop. And nonstop seizures, especially ones that last for over 30 minutes in duration, are bad. Um, And they're bad because you can have reduction of blood and oxygen to the brain, and that, of course, can lead to multiple other issues down the line, such as anoxic injury. Um, It's also not good for other body systems. So that is a seizure emergency. So what, um, what do we do in case of a seizure emergency? Well, I guess the first thing we should talk about is how to identify a seizure emergency, right? So there's two different types of seizure emergencies. One is a seizure cluster. Um, this is when someone has more than two to three smaller seizures within an hour. Now, all of this depends on the person's baseline. There are people who at baseline have that many seizures. Um, But for the most part, most people aren't having multiple seizures every hour. So anytime you're having more than two to three seizures per hour, that definitely counts as a seizure emergency in what we call a seizure cluster. Again, the definition of a seizure emergency, I just want to reiterate, depends on the person and the type of seizures they're having. I personally do take care of patients who have seizures multiple times a day, sometimes lasting for several long periods of time, we don't consider it a true emergency till it goes over 20 minutes. That is not standard for everyone. But as a rule of thumb, something to remember is having multiple seizures within an hour is not normal and should be considered an emergency. Now, when you have clusters of seizures that occur together um, within an hour or within a couple of hours, One thing to keep in mind is that these can get longer and longer and can occur closer together. And that is what the issue is. Once that starts to happen, it's really hard to slow it down. So by stopping a cluster or group of seizures, you might actually be able to prevent this emergency from developing. Now the second kind of seizure emergency is what we call status epilepticus. This is a medical emergency. It's when seizures last for too long. Um, Also can be seizures that happen too close together, such as when clusters build up on each other. 
this can be life-threatening um, and this is because when you have seizures that are not stopping not only is that bad for the brain it's bad for your heart it's bad for every other system in your body your blood pressure can drop um, taking away blood from your brain and other organs so this is an issue now status epilepticus can come in in one of two forms one, you have clinical status epilepticus in which someone is clinically doing something, they're actually having the seizure. Um, the most common is when someone falls to the ground and has the tonic-clonic convulsion and continues to have that. Of course, you know, that is very recognizable because you can fall, you can hurt yourself. Um, so that is another part of the danger of it. But I do want to reiterate that that is recognizable. And because it's recognizable, it's generally treated much quicker than the second kind of status epilepticus, which is subclinical status epilepticus. So what is subclinical status epilepticus? Sometimes when someone has a big seizure, the seizure continues. We just don't clinically see it. The person themselves look conf looks confused or postictal, as we call it. Um, and we might not think that the seizure is continuing, but it is. It's called subclinical because you don't actually see it. They're not doing the actual motions of their seizure, but they are still having the seizure. The diagnosis of the second one is with an EEG. The treatment for both should be emergent. You should be using um, your seizure rescue medications at the first start of this, but subclinical status epilepticus especially tends to be a little more nasty because people don't recognize it right away and you end up in emergency rooms and if there is no EEG available or the emergency room physician cannot recognize it, it takes a while to get treated and subclinical status epilepticus is just as bad for your body and your brain as convulsive status epilepticus. So that's something to keep in mind as well. So who is at risk for seizure emergencies? Um, the reality is everyone is at risk for seizure emergencies. Um, anyone with epilepsy is at risk for seizure emergencies. But you are particularly at risk if you've had it before. Everyone who has had status epilepticus before should definitely talk with their doctor so you guys have a rescue plan in place for what to do when it happens. Um, next, if you had one seizure after the other, and that has happened before as well, that's something to also tell your doctor about. Um, if you're someone who's prone to having clusters of seizures, very important to discuss because what counts as an emergency for someone else might not necessarily be an emergency for you, but should be treated as an urgency anyway. If you've ever had a tonic-clonic seizure or any seizure that lasts longer than five minutes or longer, um, if you have periods of confusion in between or after seizures, um, or you have changed your medications or stopped them without medical advice, that means that you are more at risk for having status epilepticus. Anyone with poorly controlled seizures, um, trouble taking their medications, difficulty taking their medications on a consistent schedule, problems affording their medications, that's a really, really common problem. Seizures during their sleep when they live alone, um, even if they live with someone, those can be missed. If the blood levels of your medications are low, if you have um, more seizures during medication changes, that definitely happens to a lot of people when you're in between changing medications, you're more prone to these emergencies. Um, so in all of these cases, you can be more at risk for status epilepticus or seizure emergencies. Definitely something to discuss with your doctor in terms of planning for this and what to do when it happens. 
remember, if you have poorly controlled seizures, definitely try to maximize the utility of your medications and other non-pharmacological therapies with your doctor. That's going to be helpful. If you cannot afford your medications or are having difficulty taking them, also discuss this with your doctors. There are help programs out there, not just financially, but um, nurse services that can come help you with your medications. You guys could also talk about setting alarms, different seizure programs that can be helpful. And lastly, I can't emphasize this enough, but seizures during medication changes. If you're cross-titrating medications, changing medications, those are all big things. And lastly, the seizures during sleep or if you live alone. Um, this can mean that you're having more seizures than you think you are, um, and that can be dangerous. So what do you do? Um, blood levels and EEGs are helpful for everyone. This is part of the reason we get the EEGs, especially the long ones that you guys wear at home, because it gives us an idea of how well you're metabolizing your medication, if there's room to go up, and how active your EEG is on this dosage of medication. Following up with your doctor and doing all of those things can be helpful to prevent your next um, seizure emergency, and hopefully there won't be a next seizure emergency if you've already had one. Um, so that's it for today. Thank you for joining me on Explain It To Me. Again, sorry for the prolonged hiatus, uh, but like I said, I will be cranking out three more podcast episodes this year, and hopefully we'll shift to another topic next year. Um, if you want to continue with epilepsy, that's fine as well. Let me know. Um, regardless, thank you so much for joining, and I will talk to you guys again next week. Thank you. Thank you.